Welcome to Bitverse Byte, a weekly podcast about the web industry, tools and techniques upcoming and in use today. My name is Adam Listek, a web developer from Northern California and Central Illinois. And let's just jump right into it. So a few bits of news over the past week. Um, as of the recording of this, actually, today on the 1st of April, Cloudflare has just uh, released a new DNS. Um, and it's a consumer product. I believe they said it's their first. And what it is is a, um, you know, a public DNS that you can point you know, your router, your operating system, your servers even to um, that you know, not, isn't competing per se with stuff like um, your normal ISP, uh, your service provider, or uh, like Google DNS or OpenDNS, but an alternative. And they've managed to secure uh, the DNS addresses of um, 1.1.1.1 and 1.0.0.1, which are pretty unique uh, and certainly easy to remember. I mean, Google did like the 8.8.8.8 kind of ones, um, so they had pretty good ones as well, Um, but uh, unique for sure. Uh, And two of the things that they're kind of uh, touting as benefits to this are uh, that it's very fast, uh, you know, very low response times, uh, and it runs on all of their edge uh, data centers, which are quite a few, um, and that it's uh, very privacy-focused. So they don't record, you know, who's making the requests, nothing's written to logs, uh, there's there's minimal logging, nothing personally identifiable, and they're really doing this... Uh, for quite a number of reasons in response to, you know, many of the recent privacy things that have come up, but also, uh, you know, for use in areas of the world that not having logged data is a good thing. Um, depending on the regimes or the countries you're in, it can be a good thing. Um, they also do happen to support, you know, a lot of the emerging technologies uh, like uh, DNS over HTTPS or TLS with DNS, um, which are ways to secure the queries you're making. So instead of it being like, I'm looking for what Google.com's address is, at least it will be encrypted so that, um, you know, if somebody wants to see your history, it's one less place they can go to um, to kind of sniff over the wire, per se. Uh, Something else that, oddly enough, two Cloudflare bits of news. Uh, something they released a little bit ago, um, but it, it's really cool. Um, something called, called Cloudflare Workers. Uh, so what these are, uh, for, a, for a domain that you have running on Cloudflare, you can uh, buy, uh, for, I believe, $5 for like a million requests. Um, and what it is, you have a way to run some custom uh, JavaScript code uh, on every request. So what it does is it will intercept, your browser will send a request. Uh, This will intercept that, uh, and then it will transform data as needed um, before sending it back to the browser. So it kind of sits in between you and your server. Um, 
the things that the examples, you know, as cool as it sounds, I was trying to imagine like, what can you do with this? And I know there are a million different things, but uh, the a couple things that I, I noticed people were doing were security related, um, you know, kind of a scriptable, um, you know, application firewall. So, oh man, I really have to get uh, this uh, rule out there, a way to intercept these requests or stop them as they're coming in. Here's a quick and easy way. Um, other ideas were A-B tests. Uh, so you could intercept the request coming back from the server and say, hey, I'm going to change this button to be a slightly different class. And you're just doing it here on the edge instead of on your server, which maybe that means that you can serve up like a cached response really quickly uh, because it's always the same and then do all your A-B testing over here. Um, just a thought. Or, you know, you can redirect uh, requests based on maybe it's a mobile browser or something. Uh, so pretty cool. I mean, there's all sorts of ideas. I saw someone do something with um, algorithms uh, and AI. I wasn't entirely sure <laughs> where they were going with that. Um, I, I get the concept of what you can do, um, but not sure practically what you know you gain from that quite yet. Uh, but I'm sure there's plenty of ways to do it. Um, another bit of news. Uh, this actually has been out for a little bit now, but uh, wildcard certs for Let's Encrypt are now available. So what this is, um, you can get a certificate, an SSL certificate for, you know, star dot domain. Uh, and so this would mean that you could have www.domain or mail.domain or any subdomain, and you just have to use one certificate. Uh, up to this point, you had to use um, uh, SAN certificates, uh, subject alternate names, um, and that worked fine, but uh, it's just one easier way. So now instead of defining um, the certificate I would like as every domain name or variation I would need, I can just do, you know, star dot and get the certificate that um, I would like and just renew that. It just makes it a bit easier um, than having to request, you know, a SAN certificate um, with all the variations. Uh, but I, I do suppose that depending on your control, uh, maybe you do like to do that. Um, but I would also kind of look at it the other way as, hey, it might be really good to um, do it this way so that you can kind of catch everything. I'd rather default to being uh, having SSL than not. So some uh, cool links and resources that I've come across this week. Um, a triangulify.io is by Quinn Rolf. Um, this is a quick little utility. Uh, it kind of creates SVG triangles, uh, polygon style backgrounds. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, useful if you're needing that kind of thing, but check it out. I'll have links to all this on, you know, the show notes, uh, which would make it easier since it's kind of hard to, you know, describe the links. Um, another one is littlebigdetails.com. And this is by uh, Floris Decker, um, but it's a blog basically on little small details of user interface and user experience that are good and bad. It's really helpful to learn more about you know what small aspects of design in the real world and kind of you know what makes the experience a little bit better. Uh, the last one is um, Pigment. Uh, it's Pigment.ShapeFactory.co and by Shape Factory. 
Uh, it's a kind of a unique color tool. And it, it, it can help figure out ideas and palettes for use in your design projects. And I'm always looking for better or easier ways to come up with color ideas. Um, those, those can be hard, especially for me. So this, you know, kind of deciding on what makes a good palette, what kind of flows, and having a bunch of different tools to kind of help with that, this is just one of them. So uh, the, kind of the topic I wanted to talk about a bit at the end of this, um, it's a big topic, and this is just a short little overview, is the GDPR. And this is the General Data Protection Regulations. And this is a European Union set of rules that come into force on uh, the 25th of May. And so it's a law that is designed to protect the privacy of EU citizens. And why this is really not just a big deal for you know, companies in the EU, but also globally, is that the law can apply to worldwide, basically, to any business um, if they interact in, in certain ways, um, most ways, with EU citizens. And the financial penalties that have been... Um, uh, enshrined in the law are very high for non-compliance. So, I mean, it can be up to 20 million euros or 4% of global turnover, whichever is higher per infraction. Uh, and now, granted, the, the, the penalties are depending on the nature and um, what's happening, what you've been doing, what you're trying to do, um, but it can be very high. Since, you know, I personally live and work in the U.S., um, a question I have is how this applies to individuals here and small businesses, um, and mostly small business because that's generally speaking what I uh, work with most. And the reason that it can apply here is that it's for collection of information on an EU citizen who is currently in the EU and in some way targets or um, collects personally identifiable information on that person. So some real-world examples of this are, you know, you are targeting your marketing not just for the U.S. market, but you're also kind of doing worldwide. Um, that's what, you know, easily bring in people from, uh, EU markets, and so you would be responsible for abiding by these laws. Um, generic marketing doesn't count, um, as best I can tell, though it can get tricky depending on what you're doing, but you're just casting the widest possible net with literally no specific marketing indicators for any area. Like, I just put out something to everyone that says buy this product, then, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are um that these will this law will apply to you um there's also a provision in the law that says um companies under 250 individuals uh don't have to necessarily abide by everything but that seems to be a bit of a fuzzy area and the long and short of it is most likely it would apply uh so you should attempt you should make every possible effort to comply with it 
Um, the other use case that really comes in is, uh, or two use cases that come to play uh, for small business that I, I'm aware of really are like contact forms and say uh, tracking such as, or analytics such as Google Analytics. So how would you deal with these things? Um, it, for example, if you're a user of uh, Ninja Forms on WordPress, they, uh, they recommend uh, that, and there's a good blog post on it, um, that you, not only do you need a privacy policy, which is a good you know, rule of thumb for any you know, uh, website just to say, this is what we do and this is what we collect. Um, if, if you're a user, then you'll need to have a disclaimer and like an opt-in checkbox to say, oh, yes, um, I do, you know, the, the customer does consent to allowing you to record. Now, you could circumvent this if you just want to say, look, when you submit something to, from this form, it's going to go directly to this mailbox, so I'm not going to store any data on the site itself. Um, but as I've found many times in the past, uh, since email doesn't, isn't the most reliable sometimes, having the ability to record that is great. Um, but now you will need to make sure that you record consent and that um, you'll, depending on what data you collect, which most likely includes like a name and an email, you'll need to have um, some sort of little disclaimer and a link to your privacy policy. And the note on those privacy policies is that you're going to need to have a form on there that allows someone to request what information was collected and um, a, a ability to request a deletion. So the idea, though, um, is that, oh, I've read through your policy. I want to know what data you actually have on me. Okay, now I know. I want to delete all that data. Okay. Um, and I want to make sure that you've, you know, taken my consent to actually do that. Uh, in terms of Google Analytics, as long as you're not storing personally identifiable information on visitors, you're, you're pretty okay. Um, this means stuff like, I'm using custom dimensions or Google Tag Manager to actually store the contents of a form. Uh, that you know, So I have a form that has a name and an email, so I've stored that in Google Analytics or Forms so you can do some tracking uh, type you know, sequences or uh, abilities. But by doing that, you've now introduced that into uh, Google Analytics, and it is very difficult to delete that. if if not impossible, without removing the entire account. So you do have to be really careful with that, and you'll probably want to move it into something else um, that you can do that. So it may seem a bit arduous and definitely confusing, uh, especially to non-EU businesses and consumers, but it is basically enshrining security and privacy standards that are very necessary. Uh, this is especially so with the recent analytic debacles and data collection debacles surrounding, you know, entities such as Facebook and others. So having these types of laws will ensure protection for everyone as we all become more security and privacy focused on our websites and projects. So I, I very much support it. I just wish there was a bit more clarity on things. So um, something I'm, I'm much uh, going to do a lot more diving into uh, in the coming month, um, but something to be aware of. Uh, especially if, you know, for any information you collect, you might run afoul of this. So uh, best of luck, and hopefully uh, 
more clarity will be coming out. So follow this podcast on Twitter at BitVBite and Facebook at slash BitVBite. Thank you for listening, and please join us next week.